Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Today's movie is one that I've been wanting to see for quite some time. This movie shouted at me from the video store shelves, but only from certain video stores. It wasn't one you saw up there all the time. This was one of those in a big box. You know what I'm talking about, Craig? Yeah. Like... What do you mean? The I spit on your grave size box. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. You know, the one that sort of screams like, this This movie is maybe a little illicit or a little different from the others. Maybe produced and put out by a, a, a smaller company. Maybe not so mainstream. And maybe it's going to be a little more dangerous <laughs> than what you normally watch. Yeah? It, uh, it had a... A big three-headed kind of alien with about a billion teeth on the cover, and it was called Return of the Deadly Spawn, and just covered in gore. Absolutely blood on the floor, limbs everywhere, right on the front cover. Didn't even try to appeal to anything but the basest of instincts. And so um, I've been wanting to watch this movie for a very long time, and I just kind of stumbled across it and said, let's do it, since this is yeah. what we do. So... <laughs> The movie is called uh, The Deadly Spawn from 1983. How about you, Craig? <laughs> you talk to me about this. I, I assume you have, you've never even heard of this before in your life, have you? No, I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, the uh, box art was <laughs> maybe vaguely uh, oh, God. familiar, um, but... I don't know. I mean, it, the monster on the box art and in the movie itself kind of looks like three wieners with teeth. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Wait, three giant wieners with teeth, right? Yeah. It's like... So I don't I don't know if I recognize... <laughs> Is this like your best and worst nightmares combined? <laughs> I, was gonna, I don't know if I recognize the box art or if that's just vaguely familiar for some other reason. I don't know. <laughs> Um, dude <laughs> but that's but yeah I mean that's that's it no I I hadn't seen it I don't remember reading anything about it you know after I watched it I uh, read some stuff about it and I read that they made it kind of banking on the notion or hope that there would be a sequel to Alien mm -hmm. and so I think initially it was even titled and marketed as as Return of the Aliens Deadly Spawn. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. something like that? Kind of try to pass it off as a sequel to Alien in some small way. Right, yeah. right. And, and you can definitely see some suggestions of that. There's a big monster, and then it's got, you know, like, it's Deadly Spawn or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the Deadly Spawn kind of look like uh, the alien... I don't know what you call it. The the, the little yeah, toothy the little thing wormy. that shoots out of their mouth. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if there's a tongue or whatever it is, but it kind of looks like that. I, I can see how they would want to capitalize on that. Alien was a huge film, and of course, then Aliens, when it eventually came out, was huge too. So good for them for trying to you know cash in on that a little bit. <laughs> well, but but yeah, that, I mean that's that's pretty much it. I, I didn't know anything about it. I went in totally blind. Usually the first thing I do when we pick what movie we're going to do is I, I get on IMDb and I look up who the director is and I look up some of the performers to see what I know them from. And pretty much 90% of the people who worked on this movie 
only worked on this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, that right. was it. Well, they never did anything else ever again. <laughs> the movie itself was the brainchild of a guy named John Dodds, who was a special effects designer. This was really just, I mean, just his way to showcase himself, really. The only movie that he had done before this was a movie called Night Beast uh, in 1982, the year before. Maybe even worked on it, you know, at the same time he was working on this. And then later did at least some of the effects for Spookies. Remember Spookies? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> and yeah <laughs> which really impressed us and then uh yeah. you know past that he did some work on poltergeist 3 ghostbusters 2 there was a tv series in the late 80s called monsters i don't know if you remember that but um mm-hmm. he did a number of effects for that so this is first and foremost an effects movie it's a movie built around the creature and the idea that we're going to show you a monster and a creature and a bunch in this case a bunch of gore yeah, I mean, it's total drive-in yeah. fair. This yeah. movie is a 100% drive-in movie. And it was um, put in the hands of it's this guy and another guy just kind of got together. We're going to produce this movie. We're going to do it. And we're going to have this monster. Let's find somebody to write and direct it. And they found this guy. Again, only thing he's ever done, Douglas McKeown? McCowan? Mm-hmm. McCowan or whatever. He lived in New Jersey. He uh, basically is a teacher, high school acting teacher, I think. But he had done some Super 8 movies and did a lot of like little movies and things with his brother growing up, was really into 1950s-style sci-fi stuff. And, you know, we've done a movie just uh, last week, right? Uh, there's nothing out there. Right. There was a, a, an intentional homage towards these 1950s-style sci-fi movies. And I think this movie just falls squarely in that category. Yeah. I mean, the guy who made this clearly... Uh, had all of that in mind when he put it together from the very beginning like when the when the music comes on it's got that score with the theremin in it you know that oh, yeah. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa, kind yeah, of, yeah. that all Star, of those movies Star had Trek kind of deal. yeah exactly and so i mean that kind of clues you in the other thing that clues you in is it starts out you know with a meteor flying through the sky and landing Somewhere, right? Yeah, against a matte painting, which yeah. I also love. I love that. <laughs> uh, it, it's so old school, and you know, 50s, 60s monster movie. You know, you you just throw this matte painting up on screen, and you know, just have a little. <laughs> I don't even know how they did it, but just like a little green light, just kind of fly down and and fall. Yeah, uh, and and of course, in in this instance, it's a couple of you know guys camping. In in a tent who happened to see it and it's it's just so classic i mean you've seen this scene a million times oh what was that (laughs) (laughs) they run over oh look it's a meteor i gotta go get the camera (laughs) (laughs) that's right and this meteor lands and there's like a big crater and everything's on fire (laughs) it's like obligatory yeah i don't know what the science is behind this but you know i guess if meteors come through the atmosphere they must be really really hot and they set the ground on fire around them yeah because it's it's set up exactly like all these movies now did you think it was interesting that there were two guys camping out instead of a guy and a girl i thought that was a unique twist i don't know why would that be interesting todd (laughs) (laughs) i don't know craig it's just a little different (laughs) a little little unexpected i was i'm a little surprised I don't know. You know, it was the the opening scene. I have to tell you, I I was a little bit worried uh, after that opening scene because it it seemed like it was going to be a little bit more low budget than it actually ended up being. Mm. Now, it was 
fairly low budget. Mm. But in this opening scene, uh, you know, you don't see much. Not a lot happens on screen. You just, the first guy, like, after the other guy runs back to get the flash extension for his camera. <laughs> it's such a product of its time, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> the the first guy, is, you know, still there by the meteor, just like kind of gets real big eyed, like, oh, no. And uh, then you see some like blood splatter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the other guy's back in, in the tent and he's like, hey. Hey, hey, where are you? What are you like? (laughs) (laughs) For like 15 seconds. And then he gets kind of big eyed, and then, you know, there's off camera action again and and blood splatter, and then you just kind of see his arm come out of the tent and it's all bloody and it falls to the ground and the blood comes out from underneath it. And the first glimpse that we get of the creature is a silhouette. Yeah, uh, in the in, in the tent, and and it's it's difficult. I I wasn't sure. You know, of course, I had seen the box art, but uh, it was difficult at this point to kind of tell what the creature really was. It looked kind of spidery with like kind of spidery legs, but then also uh, you know just kind of a big toothy head. It seemed to me that the suggestion was that it was growing. Like, you know, yeah. every time it feeds, it grows a little bit. I think you're right. You know, it just seemed very low budget. And I don't have any problem with that. That's fine. And I appreciate when, you know, filmmakers who are on a low budget are innovative with how they are going to reveal things. But what I will say moving forward is that I was impressed that they do move beyond that. Oh, and yeah. we actually do get some really cool glimpses of this practical creature. And, and, and not glimpses. I mean, we see it outright. Seriously. Many, many it. times. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't skimp on the creature at all. I mean, you can tell no. this movie was built around a creature, and the creature is not disappointing in the slightest. No, But no. it does a really good job of, at least initially, of sort of following the formula of we're not going to blow our wad a little early. We're going to show you glimpses. We're going to show you shadows. We're going to have the hands reaching out. I think that was my one of my favorite parts of this movie was that it seemed like one of their favorite shots to show was a bloody hand. Yeah. Reaching out or like by their side or whatever. If they're not going to show the creature, there's like somehow blood is just coming off of a hand for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's the first bit of it. Actually, structure-wise, for a guy's first screenplay, he it's almost like he just took one of these movies and just wrote, you know, verbatim what he saw because it follows mm-hmm. the beats uh, that it should. The movie moves. I'm, I was quite impressed. I thought this movie is going to be really, really lame. And not to say that it's, you know, wonderful, but uh, right. I was really surprised at how the movie moved, how it stayed interesting, how the characters weren't terrible. And the acting was quite serviceable, actually. You yeah, know, not bad. For what not they bad. were given. I mean, it's not like the lines were fantastic, but at least right. like the acting wasn't like you're laughing at the screen because they, they, they're so stupid, you know? Right, right. Um, and it has yeah. a surprise or two in there. It's definitely a drive-in movie, but it was way beyond my expectations. It was way more than I thought it would be. Not to say again that it we're not at Bone Tomahawk level of production here, but you know, it was right. uh, it was a solid solid movie that i actually enjoyed watching (laughs) i ended up kind of liking it too again it's not great but you know for this creature feature kind of movie it was it was kind of fun i i have to admit i was a little bit worried in these first 20 minutes or so because after that first camping scene then the next thing 
if I remember correctly, that we see is this scene of this couple waking up in bed. Mm, yeah. And <laughs> we don't know who they are, and he's kind of greasy, and uh, I, I don't know. He, and, and I think it's like he has obvious makeup on. It's like I don't know. It's like they gave him a five o'clock shadow with makeup, and they put dark. Maybe I, I felt like that was kind of what was going on here. Like the makeup showed up just a little too much on the screen. But didn't he look a little too young for the woman he was in bed with? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, and ultimately for who his character was. But I, who knows? Whatever. But we don't know who they are. They wake up, and it seems like he's like kind of in a rush. Like they've got plans to do something, and and the wife. I just want to stay in bed in my gossamer (laughs) gown (laughs) and my perm. Uh, uh, It's so funny when he finally gets her out of bed, she gets out and she's in this completely sheer, like, I don't know. I don't believe for a second anybody ever wore something like this to actually sleep in. Right. Maybe to get into bed. Yeah. Take it (laughs) off at some point. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And and a little bit of nudity. Uh, Well, I mean, suggested nudity. Nipples through the, the gossamer. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only TNA you're going to get in this movie, which was a surprise. True. Yeah. It, it was. I just, I, I didn't know who these people were, and I didn't know what was going on, and he says, oh, the, the hot water's broken again. Uh, I'm going to have to go down and fix it. And she's like, oh, does that mean we can stay home? And he's like, no, get up. So she does, whatever. And he goes down into the basement. Which is flooded, and it's raining outside. Yes, yes. It's It's been raining uh, a lot. Mm. And um, he goes down there, and it's flooded, and I was, I'm still a little confused by this because I feel like he looked down at the drain and it looked like blood was going down the drain. Yeah. And I wasn't really sure what was going on. But then he's immediately dispatched. And again, in shadow. we get it in silhouette. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh man, is that all we're ever going to get? Is this silhouette? Um, but no, it's not because, you know, now another of their favorite things to do is to splatter blood on a wall Everywhere. Or, or on a light bulb like just yeah. <laughs> you you know something's happening because blood's flying around but that's what you see they, this movie is a wash in blood like there's yeah. so much blood in this movie there's more blood than could possibly come from all of the actors <laughs> all of the characters in this movie combined there's blood yes, everywhere yes. it's insane and so he gets killed and then the wife looks around and I don't know she you know, there's a cat, and she writes a note on a board, and she's just kind of tooting around. And um, but eventually, she goes down to investigate, and it it's it's kind of a little bit of a slow burn. Eventually, she sees the blood going down the drain too, and she sees the blood splatter on the wall. And <laughs> I love this gag though. The hand gag. Yeah, the hand that touches yeah. her on the shoulder, and she turns around, and it's it's jutting out from the creature's mouth. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was fantastic. Right, it, it, but that's when I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Because then you get full on the shot of the creature. Yeah, and it's it reminds me a little bit of um, Audrey Two from mm. uh, Little Shop of Horrors, a mm. little bit, um, yeah. but a little bit fleshier and toothier. Like it just has these rows of teeth like a billion teeth yeah and, and they're all wet and dripping all of the time yeah this thing should be dehydrated by the end of the movie as much yeah as water <laughs> slime is pouring out of its mouth and off of its teeth it's not disappointing at all no at one point um when 
some of our other characters discover one of the little ones, they suggest that it might be like a lamprey. And and that really is mostly what it looks like. You mm. know, like those those sucker fish that, that have those rows and rows of teeth that like cling on to sharks and yeah. you know, eat their leftovers or whatever. That's that's kind of what it looks like. But we, we get to see it here. It kills her in a very gruesome fashion. It it rips her face off. Yeah. Close up. Yeah, close up. And it's all practical and you can tell and it's done with dummies and makeup and, and prosthetics and uh, it looks really good. And I was like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> this is the kind of movie it's going to be. And then she's done and then the very next scene is another alarm goes off and another ugly couple wakes up in bed. And I'm like... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Another I was ugly like, yeah, This last scene just took 10 minutes. Are we just going to watch a series of these ugly people waking up in bed and getting eaten by this thing? That's exactly what was going through my mind, too. <laughs> and, then, and then the funniest thing was this other ugly couple wakes up and they walk, they get up and they walk through it and you realize it's the same freaking house. It's the <laughs> same like, house. How many people live in this house? How many? Yeah. Uh, how many ugly couples live here? It. T- <laughs> <laughs> It it turns out, and they're even uglier than the first two. They were. <laughs> it turns out that they're like the, I guess they're the aunt and the uncle who are staying uh-huh. over, the ones who got dispatched, right? So they wake up in the morning, and, and so she sees the note that the lady had written, and it was something like, we're, we're going to be gone all day, but an electrician's going to be here, so somebody needs to be here or whatever. And then we also see these two young men wake up and i say young men one of them's probably what like 12 mm-hmm. and the other one i think we're supposed to believe is like i don't know 19 he's in college i guess cuz he's a science major um, oh gosh <laughs> but we we see we see them wake up and i i actually thought that it was pretty bold as far as the writing went that I would have expected it to be the visiting aunt and uncle that got dispatched right away. Nope. Right. Mom and dad are dead in the basement mm-hmm. <laughs> from the get-go, yep. and just nobody has any idea. It's nuts. And, I mean, you've got already four four deaths right in the beginning. Uh, and they're yeah. gory, and they're bloody, and you full-on see the creature. It's a great way to start out a movie. I yeah, mean, it's yeah, fantastic. And so you got these four people, and I guess the uncle, I don't get his name, but he's like a psychiatrist, I guess? Yeah, yeah. And they have their typical dinner table conversation, and pretty soon two more kids come down. There's a younger kid named uh, Charlie yeah, and an older kid named Pete. So Charlie's what? I don't know, 12? 10? Yeah, I would guess. And Pete, like you said, is, is like the college-age kid. And they come downstairs, and they have some chatter. But it's set up pretty early on that Charlie is really into horror and sci-fi movies. And I, and I bet he's just a personification of the director. When you, when you go on and you read his profile, it seems like that's him. And so his room is filled with um, posters, classic posters, really. Oh, yeah. Lots of posters, movies you'd recognize, if you're into this sort of thing, of the time anyway, of uh, sci-fi and horror movies. And then he has, like, monster outfits, and he kind of needs to get a life and some friends. Because right. all he really does, it seems like, all day long is put on his cape and a, and a mask or something and try to run try around. Try to scare people. Scaring right. people. Which which comes into play later. Which it is does, quite exactly. Nice. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, as soon as I saw it, like, you know, he, he tries to, he puts on this big, you know, scary costume uh, and, and tries to scare his aunt 
which is totally ineffective. She's like, oh, that's cute. But he has a flash powder to, you know, make a flash and some smoke for when she walks into his room. And the second I saw that, I was like, oh, that's going to come into play later. (laughs) (laughs) You you don't just show us this really close up of him, like, you know, making this flash powder bomb. Like, that's obviously going to come into play later, which, of course, it does. But, um, and, and, and that's not uncommon either. I mean, that's. No. I, I got. We have talked about probably two or three movies where there's the kid that likes horror movies, and so he kind of, you know, has this special skill set that's eventually going to help him, mm-hmm. you know, defeat the monster. And so it's it's cliched and expected, but fine. You know, like, all right, I get it. I see where we're going with this. Well, and uh, interesting bit of trivia, the kid who plays Charlie is the son of a guy named Tim Hildebrandt. And Tim Hildebrandt and his brother Greg Hildebrandt are well-known as um, illustrators, uh, fantasy illustrators they tim hildebrandt made the like the, the original star wars posters oh wow very award-winning guy in fact um later on in the movie there's a model uh or outside the house clearly a miniature scene and he did the miniatures for this and this a lot of this movie that was shot inside the house was actually literally shot in his house charlie is his actual son and that was actually his bedroom. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he actually had all this stuff up in there. They had to do very little set dress. Whereas the rest of the house, they had to move things around and kind of redress it every time they did it, which they said was a huge pain. His bedroom was more or less the way it was. So that's kind of neat that he got a pretty big role in this movie playing more or less maybe the kind of kid he was. Who knows? But, you know, you got a dad who's a fantasy illustrator, really well known. And uh, I, I like this. You know, I was actually getting shades of Phantasm a little bit. You remember a little there, bit? there's yeah. the kid in Phantasm who at some point is really clever and kind of Rube Goldberg's things together and is able yeah, to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of the same thing. There are a lot of call-outs, I think, to a lot of horror movies of this time that came just before it. There's some alien references in there. Yeah. Like I said, there's some. I think there's a Phantasm reference in there. A lot of the blood spraying, or at least especially downstairs, they make a huge deal of like squirting blood on the light bulb, which seemed to be something that Evil Dead did. Yeah, yeah. And some of the shots where... Like downstairs with the monster, which are good shots, actually, where the, the, the single light bulb will be swinging and uh, it'll alternately things will be in shadow and then sort of be revealed and be in shadow and be revealed. It's, it's, it's clever cinematography, even though it, it really just borrows from a lot of these other movies. It works. Yeah. 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 It, and it also, you know, I, I imagine this was unintentional. I imagine it just had to do with, you know, kind of the constraints of what they were working with. But uh, it reminded me quite a bit of critters uh, Mm, too because most of it is confined to this one house true there's really only one other location and that i assume they probably just shot in somebody else's house you know and it's not a a big sequence yeah well it's tightly done yeah because uh you know when the guy before he went downstairs our first victim in the home before he went downstairs i told you it's rainy he goes outside he gets the paper he goes and he picks up the paper and as he walks inside the camera pans down just to show you that the basement window is open Uh uh-huh like that's significant it's it's really good. I mean, it's really smart. I, everything about this movie is pretty textbook smart, I think, as far as the structure, the cinematography, just the way it goes. I mean, formulaic, yes. Yeah. But at least they've stuck to the formula and they did some cool things with it. You know, a lot of these yeah. low-budget movies are just really crappy. Yeah. And this movie just never, 
I, I don't think it ever really gets crappy. And I was so surprised. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I Me thought, too. I thought it was going to be really crappy. So the kid, you know, is obsessed with horror and makeup. And again, the woman, you know, they have their dialogue or whatever. They've seen that the mom has already left her note that says, hey, we're going out or whatever. So right. there's an explanation why the dad and the mom aren't there. The woman has to leave the house to go to her mother's house, who they make they make a point of, oh, it's my mother's vegetarian ladies get together. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny to me and it just <laughs> cracked me up and it was. It doesn't come to later in the movie we'll get there, but I swear that that scene with the vegetarian oh, my ladies my favorite lunch. scene in the whole movie. <laughs> It was the best. It was the best. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. We Okay, but it's not so later. Okay. No, what happens first is, you know, part of their dinner table conversation, which is a little weird and a little stilted, is that this uncle, who's a psychiatrist, is really laying into the young kid about his obsession with horror movies and whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I want to interview you. Uh, you would make a fascinating subject for me. You know, your fascination with horror movies or whatever. Can I interview you? And the kid's like, yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. That's fine. Uh -huh. And so then they go out onto like the screened-in porch, and they sit down, and they have what I thought turned out to be a slightly creepy dialogue. He's like interviewing him, and and it's supposed to be somewhat scientific, you know. Oh, you're really into horror movies. Oh, yeah, explain that a little bit, you know. What kind of monsters do you like? Oh, do you like to dress up like monsters? Yeah, you know, I like to dress up and walk around. Are you afraid of the dark? Not really. Would you be willing to put on one of your monster costumes and scare me? Well, uh, I don't know. Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> How could you scare me if I know about it? Besides, I don't scare easily. Forget about it. I tell you what, though, I'm going to be working down here for a while. Um, How about if I come up later and you show me some of your stuff? How would that be, okay? Okay. Great. <laughs> Exactly. Like, it was really weird. I did the aunt and the uncle were even talking about the kid before and like like hmm. the uncle's like making notes about the kid or like writing questions down that he's going to ask or something and the aunt's like lay off he's a cool kid like he's fine leave him alone and I didn't get it I'm like what do you think is wrong with this kid yeah. like he seems perfectly normal okay maybe he's a little quiet you know maybe he's a little introverted but it's not like he's some kind of freak show like sure. <laughs> like what? Okay, so they're on vacation now, the aunt and the uncle. And right after this, they're going, or at least he says, they're going to some, like, psychologist convention or something. And he tells the kid, you know, I, I just think that this would be, people would be interested in hearing more about you. I think you're a really interesting kid. I, I never really understood what his motivation was. Yeah, it like, was dumb. Like, He's leave done. this kid alone, you yeah. weirdo. <laughs> yeah. well, you weirdo with a terrible, horrible comb over. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. You ugly man. Okay, so then he interviews the kid, and then he falls asleep in the chair, <laughs> and that's it. He, like, <laughs> he sets his notes down, and he decides, I guess I'm going to go to sleep. And he puts his head down and just falls asleep in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> and then all this shit is going down, you know, all around, and, you know, apparently he's just there. There were kind of a lot of those moments, because at some point, Charles, the younger boy, he makes his way down to the basement yes. for, for some reason. <laughs> oh, it's because the electrician was coming, and he sees through his window the electrician come in, and so he puts on a costume. I think he was going to go down there and scare the electrician, which yeah. I think is kind of hilarious. Yes. But when he gets down there, the 
fuse box is like sparking and the electricity in the house goes out, which everybody else notices, of course, too. And um, But then he's looking around. All of a sudden, he just sees the monster Everything. in all of its glory. Everything. Yeah. The monster is there. His mother's head is there. We get a nice super close-up of his mother's head where all of the skin... Like, the monster has these, like, tiny little... You know what you said earlier? It's spawn. It's like these tiny little tadpole things with teeth and whatever that scurry quite... They're almost identical to the little things from the movie Slither. Yes. The James Gunn movie. Yes, they are. And, and And they're... Quite convinced. Actually, they're quite good. They, oh, they are. They slither around in the floor and, and up the walls and around, and they kind of turn out to be more of a threat uh, because it's you know it's the monster extending itself out. And so these little th- creatures, these little tadpole creatures with nasty teeth, are pulling the flesh off of the mom's face until you know it's just it's just skeleton underneath. He sees his dad there at the monster's feet, half eaten up. The floor is like you know five inches of blood uh it, but the funny thing about this scene is he just stands there and he looks left he just stands there he looks up he looks down he looks right it's like 10 minutes yeah of this kid it's almost a quarter of the movie <laughs> is this one scene of this kid standing and i i don't know like are we supposed to think he's frozen in terror i guess i was really surprised by it too because initially when he sees it it's kind of like he's in shock and awe but then when his mom's head rolls out of the thing's mouth i thought for sure that that would have more of an impact on him and i guess it kind of does but it was almost like the emotion that you saw in his face was more anger than fear yeah and i'm like Wow, dude, like you've got a I would be shitting my pants, like seriously. And, and screaming and running. I mean, what it establishes that he figures out very cleverly, I mean, totally unrealistically in my opinion, yeah. but that he figures out is that it hunts by sound. Yeah, it can't see. But it, it can hear and, and like he even tests it. He snaps his fingers and it draws its attention and gets really close to him. So he has to throw his flashlight to divert its attention. And all that was kind of cool, but I just, like you, I just thought, how is this kid being so composed? And then, just like the uncle sitting in the chair, it cuts away and we get, you know, 20 minutes of scenes with other people, and then it cuts back to him, and I'm like, he's just standing down there with that thing? Like, what? So... <laughs> I know it's unrealistic, and it is it is gratuitous. It is nothing but scene after scene of gore and blood, and his limbs, and and his mother, and his father, and the her, the electrician, and these things scurrying around, and all this stuff. And he's just standing there. Now, I read an interview with the director online, and he said that actually this movie was taken away from him later uh that the special effects guy and him the the guy i mentioned earlier uh john dodds they had a major disagreement about how he was filming the scenes with the creature john dodds being the producer just took him off the project now he was still credited as the writer and the director douglas mccown but john dodds apparently took the movie over reshot a number of scenes that included and involved the creature to his liking and took over the editing and the director said, he said, look, he said, I went to see it when it show, when it premiered, and I was really disappointed at how they cut it together. It didn't fit my, my script. He said, especially this particular scene went on so long. 
he said it just shouldn't have been that way. It wasn't my vision for this to be that way. Obviously, he just wanted to show off his creature and all these cool effects and things that he did. But he said, you know, later he had a, a conversation with the editor, and his editor didn't even have a shooting script to go from, and he had one. So he's like, the editor didn't even wasn't even provided the script that he had from shooting the movie. So the the editing of this film, you know, sort of the final cut was a bit of a departure from what was originally planned, what the director originally had envisioned, and it seems to have been the special effects guy, John Dodds, who really took over and made it so gratuitous. So that, that kind of explains this scene. Yeah, that sounds about right. But, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's not disappointing. I no. mean, if you came to see a movie with a lot of gore and a lot of blood and a crazy-ass creature and really nutso effects, you're going to get your eyefuls, you know, with this scene. Right. I mean, it's worse. I mean, it's more so than almost any movie we've ever seen. Yeah, and I'm being, you know, I, I'm being dramatic in my response because really it didn't, yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense that that kid was down there for so no, long, or at not. least it seemed that way in the way that it was edited. Had it been edited in a different way, it probably would have been, you know, four or five minutes and it wouldn't have seemed so long. But because it was spaced out, over uh, such a span of time over the movie. It just seemed a little bit long. That's the biggest problem, is that so much else happens. Right. We cut away from the scene, like 20 more minutes of the movie comes by and we cut back to that scene. Right, right. The timeline doesn't really line up. You're right. Exactly. It's not realistic. Before we move on, which I do want to, but we've mentioned them before, but these little, like, um, tadpole-like spawn, deadly spawn or whatever they are, I was so freaking impressed by that. Yeah. I, I, I had no idea how they were doing it, and I wondered if they were using some kind of actual marine life because it looked real it, and yeah. organic. Those little tails were flapping around, and they squiggled uh-huh. around the floor. Yeah. And I, I read, you know, God, it's just it's, it's so clever that they just cut, you know, like an S-shaped track into the floor and then just from beneath, you know, moved it through that track. But... I really thought that maybe they were using some sort of fish, like they were just dumping fish on <laughs> the ground because it really yeah. looked super organic. It does. I was I was really really impressed. They did some really good work. And this creature, it's big and it seriously, you know, I, I usually will not apologize for being crude and I won't now either. It looks like three dicks. It looks like a big <laughs> dick in the middle, two smaller dicks on the side with these big teeth and it's wet and oozy but it just looks great like it it looks so good and and they do such a good job of of you know doing close-ups on the teeth you know so you really get that sense of it's danger and power but then even there are long shot i mean not super long but you know they pull back so that you can see it in its entirety and despite the fact that it's relatively stationary even if it were real it's so large that Mm. you can imagine especially if it's down there to like hatch its young or whatever yeah it would hold itself up in a corner or whatever yeah it looks so good and i guess the guy who made this big creature i guess he just he built it in his basement and then when they had to move it to set like they couldn't get it 
out, and they had to, like, you know, cut one of the dicks off and sew it back on <laughs> later. Like, you have a very different impression of this creature than I ever did, I just have to say. <laughs> uh, don't lie. You know that's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking three dicks. <laughs> but I, I just, it really was some really fun practical yeah. much 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 better than i had expected and again this is not an amazing movie but some really skillful stuff well if you can imagine going to a drive-in and watching this movie it's like the perfect movie for that yeah it is so gratuitous in this way this guy um the older kid pete has two friends who come over frankie and ellen and they both come over and they have this silly dialogue about science and all this stuff because um, they have discovered one of these creatures, one of these little tadpole uh, things, but it's dead. Right. And so they bring it over and they know that he's interested in science, but he's more into astronomy. And he's the very logical one. Like, oh, everything has to be the scientific method. And yeah, it, it gets a little yeah. stupid. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to throw this out here. I don't even know that this is necessarily intentional, but Pete is an asshole. Like... <laughs> <laughs> he is such a jerk. Yeah, it's true. In the beginning, it doesn't really come across because he kind of sticks up for his little brother. And it seems like he and his little brother, you know, kind of have a good relationship. And he's polite with his aunt and his uncle. But then he talks to his friend on the phone. Um, and he's like, oh, make sure you bring Ellen with you or whatever. And he thinks that his friend and Ellen are together and that doesn't stop him at all from totally putting the moves on her yeah. and treating his friend like he's a moron. That made me so <laughs> mad. And, like, the movie kind of sets it up that way. Like, Pete wears glasses and, you know, a oh, button-down yeah. top or whatever. And the friend, whatever, hit Frankie wears Overall, so he's clearly a bumpkin. Yeah. He plays it a little bit more simple, too. But God, Pete is such a dick. He's yeah. condescending to his friends. He legit sends Frankie out of the room <laughs> so that he can hit on his girlfriend. That's right. Like, the scene where that happens is, is extremely unconvincing. Are you and Frankie going together or not? Well, we're going to the movies with you tonight. You know what I mean. Are you going together? I guess you know uh, Frankie would rather go to, to the movies with somebody else. What's that supposed to mean? Well, you know Kathy Todd? Yeah. Huh. yeah. Well, he'd rather take her anywhere than go with us. <laughs> so you're not going with him? No. You want to go with me? To the movies? Pete, I think I have to figure out a few things about you first. I know the real reason you want to go with me to the movies. And it's not to see the movie. Because if you went to see the movie, you'd probably faint trying not to use your imagination. And then suddenly they're kissing. Again, in this interview that I read with the director, he said one of the things he was really mad about was he had some earlier scenes in the movie that really set up their relationship. So it didn't seem so jarring that the two of them would okay. finally be lip-locked, but those were totally cut out in favor of the monster in the basement. So Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, you evaluate the movie on what, what, what you have. And it, it's... Right. 
yeah, he totally hits on her. He comes across as a big dick. And But the movie kind of subverts your expectations in a number of ways. And I think one of the ways it subverts it is you kind of get the sense that maybe this is going to be one of the guys who has some good ideas who is going to take care of the monster. And it turns yeah. out he's got nothing. He's worthless. Yeah, he's yeah. totally he's worthless. absolutely worthless. Yeah. And, and, okay, so, and then the kid is still in the basement. I mean, my God, he's <laughs> been down there for an hour at this point. During the, the vegetarian meeting. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, so that was so funny. Okay, so the aunt gets over to the grandma's house, which is funny. She walked there in the pouring rain. I, I don't really understand that, but she did. And they have kind of a funny you know dialogue yeah. between them it's just brief and it's Actually, like i think it's quite charming I, it I was the charming. dialogue between the two of them was extremely natural once again yes. almost in contrast to the rest of the movie very natural very charming very easy going like this is definitely her mom this is definitely her daughter and do you remember juju oh how is she very well Surprisingly healthy for a non-vegetarian. She's bringing her seven-grain blackstrap molasses bread and two sprites. What are we making? I'll give you a hint. There's a pot of lentils on hold. Oh, your fame stew. And brown rice with green sauce. Oh, great. What shall I do? I'll start you with the green sauce. And they're going to cook this vegetarian meal for her vegetarian friends. Right. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or something, but, you know, they kind I of think it is supposed out. to be funny. I, I don't... Whether it's supposed to be or not, it's freaking hilarious. The only other thing that's going on is back at the house, we have seen that these little, you know, wormy things, which are getting progressively bigger, which I also thought that they did a really good job with as far as continuity went. Like, they, they get just a little bit progressively bigger mm, over time. Yeah. And there's a dissection. Right. They dissect one and then have talk about science. Very long dissection of where she's got to cut it open and, and it, it, it goes on a little long and blood sprays everywhere. It's like there's a lot of close-ups on gooey stuff and blood. And, and you know, the movie does a really solid job of, of putting that in at regular intervals. Yeah. And, and you see that these little things are squirming around underneath the carpets and behind the drapes and those kinds of things. So so we get it. You know, they're mm-hmm. out and they're around. And we also see that they have gone out the cellar window and we get POV shots to indicate to us that they are also at the grandma's house. Yeah. The grandma is, you know, chopping up her vegetables or whatever, and she throws some stuff in the garbage disposal, and one of those things comes up out of the drain and is, like, <laughs> eating her <laughs> leftovers and drinking the water out of the drain. It, it's cute and funny. Yeah. But then all of the vegetarian ladies show up, and it's so silly. Like, <laughs> they have the most ridiculous vegetarian dishes. And oh, your soy balls. And yeah. <laughs> your, your Swedish soy balls. <laughs> oh, God, I wrote that down, Swedish soy balls. <laughs> And one somebody made another thing that like looked like a mouse like coming out of <laughs> some a head of lettuce or something. <laughs> I don't know. It looks so silly. The grandma is like, Oh, and I'm making my special green sauce. And they're like, Okay. <laughs> we see her put everything in the food processor, and I was like, Oh my god, one of these things is going yeah. in the food processor. It's, I it, know it. It's broadcast a mile away, and that's yeah. what makes it so cool. Like you know exactly yes. what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> 
And of course she doesn't see it go in there, so she just goes in and hits, you know, puree or whatever, and, and it just starts chopping up these vegetables. But then the next scene we see is, like, she serves it to everybody, and everybody's like, ooh, we love your sauce! And they all take a bite of it, and then they all get this terrible, disgusted look on their face until finally the grandmother takes a bite, too, and gets a horrible look on her face. And then... <laughs> It's just too funny. Oh, I, I had no idea how it was going to play out. I was waiting, like, on the edge of my seat, like, what is going to happen to all these old biddies in the veggie club? Right, right. And it it, it, it paid off in spades. It, it, I just loved it. It's true. Yeah, this one of these things comes under the sofa, and I guess, you know, you see it come under the sofa, and then it cuts away to the kid again. He's still in the basement, like, staring at things. And when it cuts back to the scene, I guess the, the daughter is in the kitchen. She hears screaming, uh-huh. and she walks into the into the living room, and all hell has broken loose. <laughs> like, like, two of the ladies have these things just, like, all over them. There's one on one of the kid girls. The mother's face, yeah. and the daughter runs over to yank it off her face, and is taking her skin off, and she throws it across the room, and it hits a picture on the wall, a picture frame, which swings down, and there are like five of those things behind uh-huh. the picture frame swinging around. There's They're one everywhere. On, one on one of their legs is like. <laughs> It's so And hilarious. the women are up on the couch like there's a mouse on the floor oh, and dude. everybody's screaming and most of them have one of these things, which at this point are probably, I don't know, a good 10 inches long hanging off of them. And of course it's all practical, so they've just got these prosthetic things glued to them, but they're, they're doing their best to you know, mm. move around to make it look like there's movement and, and there's so much blood. And, and, and it's just all these old biddies just getting attacked by these things. And It's great. Uh, it's good fun. The aunt, God bless her, you know, doing everything that she can to help. And, and they finally flee and leave all of these things behind in the room. And, and, and really the whole scene is maybe three minutes long, but oh, it, it, it was the highlight of the movie for me. It was so funny oh it just no paid off about it just it. paid off in every way <laughs> <laughs> and they end up most of them they, they live right they all just kind of run yeah out. oh yeah they all get away yeah. they all run out in the rain and they all pile into one car and that's all the last we see of them until the very end <laughs> and at this point we're going like what about freaking charlie in the basement like <laughs> right still there and i don't even remember how he got out of the basement i just uh, eventually the brother and hit pete and his friends, they're going to show the dissected dead one that they found. They're going to show it to the uncle because he's a scientist. Oh, that's right. And um, they go down there and they go to show it to him. And he has been totally eaten and hollowed out by these things. Yeah. And one bursts out of his stomach. It looks just like Alien. It's, right. It's nuts. Yeah. And, and then it's just pandemonium from, then, mm-hmm. from there. You yeah. Know, they're just they're running around. And I didn't even... You may have to help me out with this because at some point Charles ends up back upstairs and they're being chased not only by these little ones but also by a big one. Was that the big one from yeah. the, ba- the basement? Okay, was, I thought so. It was so. supposed to be. I mean, it's not clear. I mean, you know, it's just like one minute it's there, one minute it's not. We don't really get a sense of its ability to, you know, its locomotion. I think they go into the room and they barricade themselves in the room for a while and then Charles wants to come in but they're not sure and they let him in and then another girl just shows up. Yeah, Kathy. They see her out the window and they're like, no, don't come in but she doesn't hear and then suddenly she's upstairs and 
in the door and almost gets attacked, but they pull her in. And that was, oh my God. Okay, so she's just this cute girl who shows up for a study session because that's what they're all there for. Mm. And they're all like, oh my God, come in, come in. She's like, what? (laughs) And then she gets attacked from behind by the huge thing, but they're able to pull her out of her jacket and get her in the room and they get her in the room and they close the door and it's just a a single frame shot on her and she goes, what the f***? was that <laughs> <laughs> at that moment i thought finally a legitimate reaction to this creature <laughs> oh my god great oh i laughed out loud that may be the only time i laughed out loud but i laughed out loud at that line it was so funny a number of them go run end up running up to the attic and somehow i think it's ellen stays behind And now the creature starts busting through the door into that room and he gets her and rips her head off. And throws her out the window. And throws her body out the window. I was absolutely not expecting this from the beginning. I mean, you would thought that she would be the final girl. Yeah. And if you go to IMDb and you read the trivia, it says that she had some other commitments or whatever, all these other acting jobs that this woman who's never acted anything else has to do, and so she couldn't stay, so they wrote her out of it. But actually, the director is quite adamant, and remember, he's the guy who wrote it. He said, from the beginning... I wrote her in there to die there and that way because I wanted to subvert expectations. Huh. Everybody thought she'd be the final girl and I wanted to kill her off. So I, I don't honestly see how they could have filmed this movie and just written her out of it unless they were filming it in sequence because it's pretty important that she dies because Pete goes freaking crazy yeah. once that happens. Like he's in total denial. <laughs> Again, I mean, it was kind of contrived and stupid. It's the whole science thing. Like, he just can't wrap his mind around it. He ends up on the roof, and then he ends up in the attic with uh, Kathy and Frankie. And he's like, oh, I have to find Ellen. She's in trouble. No, dude, she's dead, and you've seen her. Like, you know this. But he's like, no, it can't be happening. It's not scientifically logical. And, like, at this point, not only only is he worthless, but he's also, like, drawing the creature up to them. Yeah, because of the noise. Yeah, and he does. He's screaming and yelling, so it comes up and it busts in to the uh, attic where they are. And that's when Charles comes in and saves the day. Now, we skipped one little part before the creature got up there. In an effort to distract the creature, Charles makes some noise. Mm -hmm. But the way that he makes the noise is he plugs in a radio and turns it up on full blast. The electricity is out, Todd. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand how this happened. (laughs) It's been out for the last hour. Yeah. It's a big hole in the movie. It doesn't make any sense. He he, he plugs in this this radio and he pulls the cord three feet across the kitchen. You know, it's it's trying to be tense but it it, anyway the monster ends up eating the radio and whatever the the monster ends up running upstairs charles runs and then after the monster runs upstairs charles has got the radio again but it's covered in blood and this time he has an extension cord then we get sort of our what i call again that phantasm scene where the kid decides he's gonna he's gonna figure something out so he goes to his room and he takes all the stuff that we saw before his fake head his flash powder and all that and he constructs a fake head with a whole bunch of flash powder inside 
and sticks the end of a wire in there that can plug into a wall and gets his extension cord and he goes upstairs and uh i, I thought this scene was quite good actually you oh know, i he, did too yeah. he goes into the attic and one of the things that the director actually mentioned in that interview was he was ext- I think he was defending himself after having his movie taken over. He said he was extremely insistent that in this movie, they wouldn't just show shots of the creature and then shots of people and shots of the creature and shots of people that they would get the creature and the people in the same frame as much as possible. So it didn't look cheap. Right. So it didn't look like just like everything was shot separately. And he does a really good job of that actually. Yeah. So the kid sneaks upstairs behind this creature who is starting to come towards the others. And he kind of yells, you know, don't make a noise. And maybe they sort of get it. So the creature is up there, but he's sort of facing off with the others. This kid sneaks around the side, sort of around the chimney area, just around the corner from the creature. And he finds a ski pole. And he jabs this head that he's made onto the ski pole and he sticks it out. And this moment I'm thinking the creature's not supposed to be able to see what's the deal. Right. But then he yells and the creature swings around and it eats the head. And then we get this sort of, eh, it's a little stilted, but it's fine. Oh, he can't reach the plug. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. got to plug it in, but he can't quite reach. And then the creature hears the noise and he kind of comes over. Eventually he ends up plugging it in. And for a movie that's really delivered on all the goods to this point i was really surprised we didn't get like this huge exploding creature scene Mm -hmm. we didn't get anything except off screen and then a shot of the kid looking at what ends up being just the creature's remains on fire yeah and then that's pretty much it now i've i've read that there are different edits of this movie so i don't know how it originally ended but um what we see next is kind of the aftermath where the townspeople and the police are like hunting and and killing these deadly spawn. <laughs> the theremin music comes back in, right? Yeah, and they're cool. using like cattle prods to electrocute them and stuff. And um, it, it's kind of fun, you know. It's kind of a fun scene that they're rooting these things out, and like there are TV crews around or whatever. And the ant shows back up uh, at the house. And I thought it was hilarious that never once did she mention or show any concern for her husband. <laughs> but uh, yeah. she was concerned about the boys. Pete is is still, like, totally catatonic. Charles kind of is, too. Mm. And so they load Pete into an ambulance. They load Charles and his aunt into a police car. That's kind of the last uh, that we see of them. Um, but we see, you know, these cleanup efforts... And the last thing that we see is this cop. How's it where you are? They're under control. They just pulled a three-foot thing out of the bushes. Three foot, that's nothing. You see what they got down out of the attic. Eight feet long. Eight feet. I guess they just keep growing. (laughs) 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 And then there's like, I don't even remember how it plays out, but like you just kind of hear like ominous sounds and a scream on uh, the walkie-talkie and it cuts back to that matte painting. It's it's very much like the original unused ending of Little Shop of Horrors Mm. where you see that one of the mountains that, or hills, I guess would be a better description that the the house is set against rises up and it's just 
an enormous one of those creatures, uh, yep. you know, even bigger than the house. And it looks like it's all done you know, with miniatures. You know, like, yeah, yeah, this is the miniature scene that Tim Hildebrandt did. This is what he contributed, the fantasy guy. If you go online, you can actually see a behind-the-scenes photo of it. In fact, if you go to YouTube and you search for this movie... Not only can you find the entire movie somebody's uploaded there, but also there is a good four minutes of behind-the-scenes footage that's kind of fun to watch cool. to see how they did all these effects. Yeah, it's really kind of unique, actually, for a movie like this. Yeah, I, I, and that's it. You know, honestly, I expected this movie to be really bad, and I, I suppose if you were being, you know, super critical, you could say that it is a bad movie, but even, you know, just talking to my partner, I said, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a bad movie, but nowhere near as bad as many of the movies that we've seen, and you know, there's a lot of good stuff going really on, is. which yeah. which really surprised me, especially since so many of these people, the director, all of the primary actors, this was all they ever did. It was far more competent, I think, that it, it had any right to be. I was really pleasantly surprised, and, and at the end of the day, even though the first 20 minutes I was very skeptical, at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, that was kind of fun. It's yeah. kind of a fun movie. Yeah. Honestly, one of the most fun movies we've done, I think. Uh, I would totally re- recommend checking it out. If you have a strong stomach, you got to check it out. It's super yeah. gorgeous. It was almost picked up for a theatrical release by Paramount. Mm-hmm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. surprised. Well, I'm not surprised it wasn't. I mean, this is not a mainstream movie by any... Ever. This was nev- would never have been a mainstream movie. No. It's just too gory. It's too bloody. But definitely serious drive and fair. Like classic drive and fair that just touches all the right buttons yeah i totally agree and uh i guess i I don't know if it was a korean film or if it was just you know distributed in korea but there was a uh unofficial sequel called metamorphosis the alien factor and uh, it was shot on a much larger budget and so even i i don't have the full story i don't know if it was intended as a sequel and then they kind of wanted to distance themselves from the original because the original was lower budget i don't know but you know again if you look at imdb uh it says followed by metamorphosis the alien factor and i just real quick looked at the cover art for that and and you can certainly see the the dick uh, well, <laughs> just one really toothy one, um, but you, uh, but you can. I mean, you can definitely see the influence. Of course, I haven't seen it, so I can't really say with any authority. But they, they cut it down to one dick, but it's a really, really fierce dick. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I guess so. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll hit that one later. I, I, I'm sure we'll it's. See. We'll see. It, my guess is it won't be nearly as charming as this movie. I I, I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. You can find us on anywhere, really. Just Google us, Two Guys in a Chainsaw. We're on Facebook. Let us know what you thought of this movie. You can go to YouTube and watch it. Please do. And also give us a request. We love to hear from you. We love to hear what you want to see. We love to watch what you want us to watch for the most part. For the most part. Until next time, I'm Tom. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys and a Chainsaw. Chainsaw.